Sorry. Hi everyone, I'm Denisha Devnarayan and you're watching the Full Quota podcast on One World Sports Radio. I timed that well, but I didn't time it exactly well. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Full Quota podcast. This is your number one cricketing podcast in South Africa. If you want to know what's going on in South African cricket, this is the place to be. Um, we're live on YouTube. We're also live on uh, Twitter right now at One World Sports Radio. We're also live on Facebook um, as well. If you want to interact with us, you can interact with us on these uh, platforms. Um, remember um, that we also do um, rugby commentary, and so we'll be following the Springboks. Yes, they did lose on Sunday, but we've got them again this weekend. So do um, like, subscribe, and join us on the channel. Because if you like, subscribe, and you click that notification bell, you will be notified when next we go live. We don't have a lot of live cricket because we're now... Uh, all the games are done for the Proteus. We are now heading and looking straight at the World Cup, which is in a month's time. So it's a month and a 10 days. It's 45 days, uh, t- uh, 40 days time before South Africa take on Australia at the World Cup, which brings us to our conversation. Are the Proteus ready for the World T20? We'll be talking about that, but also we'll be reviewing that Sri Lanka, South Africa, ODI and T20 series. So, but I've got Teppo and I've got Tim here with us. Um, Teppo, how was, how, how did you find the series as a whole? Absolutely emphatic victories from the Proteus. Dominant victories. A 10-wicket victory at the end in a dead, in a dead rubber game. Uh, it was a great watch, just watching Quinton de Kock and Reza Hendricks, just business as usual, no pressure at all, and watching our spinners, uh, breathtaking, truly breathtaking, and also very exciting, you know, watching um, the whole game, just thinking, imagine, I never imagined a time where I'd say, yo, our three spinners are doing so well. Um, Aidan Markham is also pretty exciting with the with the ball, the way he got it to turn, um, so I guess that's six bowling option, not maybe a, a six recognized bowling, but at least a six bowling option is is there. And um, that's one box ticked. So, yeah, that, this this performance was great. It was great to watch. Tim, what are your thoughts? Um, my thoughts are not quite as positive. Um, I pretty much, we are as... Um, we are as ready for the World Cup as we'll ever be, but my concerns that were there before the series began are still there, um, and they centre around the batting. Um, yes, good, 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 good series win, uh, emphatic, um, good performances with the ball, um, and I thought the leadership of of um, Maharaj was also very impressive. Um, Particularly, you know, we know he's done that for the Dolphins, but still on the international stage, it was, it was good, good to see. He seemed to be um, very confident in, in, in his role. Um, but my concerns are uh, overall that were there before the series began are still there. Okay. Concerns are still there. But so, Jens, let's, we're going to go into a little bit more in depth. Let's look at that ODI series, right? South Africa, I think we were there when we were speaking with Estelle from Sri Lanka. And we were all wary that South Africa was going to probably lose a game somewhere along the line. 
And I think I was the one who then said, no, we're probably going to go to a decider and we're going to pull the decider because South Africa has more quality. Sri Lanka are without their fa- uh, without their key players, some banned for a year. Um, we've got some new people in the team as Lanka who batted actually quite well. Um, top run scorer in that in that ODI series as Avishka Fernando, who Sri Lanka were hoping to get through. He's kind of like their new Aiden Markram, essentially, um, in their side who can't bowl. Um, and and you can't, I kind of felt that we should have won that series, but we didn't. Um, and one of the things that that irked me uh, and it irritated me was listening to Graham and Mark talk about how it was because of a spinning wicket that we lost the game. And my issue with that was you, we all knew it was spinning from ball one. You had, uh, uh, you had 50 overs to see that it was spinning. You actually bowled. Uh, it was the first time you bowled 40 overs of spin in your, in South Africa's history in cricket. But from a batting perspective, all the good news that we found out because Yanaman scored that hundred over the weekend and it was great and was lovely, all just went out the window. And from a results perspective, I was disappointed because the, we, we lost to a team that didn't have the same amount of batting quality that we had. And it was all those demons coming back. And I understand what happened in the T20, but I couldn't shake the fact that Graham Smith's answer was, no, it was just a spinning wicket. Is is it is tempo, can we just say it was a spinning wicket to excuse that series defeat or that last game? No, I, I don't think that's just it. I think um, I, I just felt like an inexperienced showing. Uh, we didn't handle ourselves properly when wickets were being lost. They kept getting lost, um, and I think Graham Smith's just doing the classic thing of of coach defending um, his players. Um, that was a an, was an appalling performance. Well, not appalling, but I, I didn't enjoy it. And also thinking long term as well, we have the standings of the the World Cup qualifiers to think about. So we're losing points um, in places where we really shouldn't be losing points. As you said, we have the quality to to go through. But with that said, um, my main problem was inexperience and inconsistency. Uh, Carl Verena, for me personally, didn't step up to the plate as much as he should have. He had the opportunity to do so. He did it against Pakistan um, in his first either T20 or One Day International, he scored a 50 there. And I was, I was hoping to see more of that, but uh, left a lot to be desired. And I think that's just the case. You know, um, we have quality, but we didn't put all our best players there. And I feel like it actually let us down. We didn't take this this series as seriously as we should have. Um, but I mean, there's there's tons of arguments to be had there because we do also want to give players playing time. The Petlo Quayo um, have been leaving a lot to be desired uh, for the fans. Difficult to watch, actually, knowing that he's supposed to be better than this. Um, just giving uh, too many runs away. Um, his discipline with his bowling, um, yeah, it lacked as well. So, yeah, just, just it looked unneat. It looked messy. It looked, as you say, like we, we didn't prepare for this properly. And that's, that's a bit concerning. But I guess the T20s up for us. If we had our full-strength squad, it would be a different story. Quinton de Kock is a game-changer. David Miller, even though we didn't need him, is a game-changer. Um, and, yeah, that's what we lacked in the one-day internationals. No, that, that is true. Um, so one question about Cal Verena. How many more chances do you want to give Cal Verena? Um, or, or are you still willing to – let's phrase it like this. Are you still willing to give him more chances um, in, the, in, the, in the setup in the, in the side? 
Um, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm still keen to give him a chance in the side. This man's quite young. Um, he debuted against Pakistan this year. And if we look at the likes of Aidan Markram and Tabray Shamji, it's not like he's going to come into international cricket and make a splash. And if he doesn't make a splash, we must just go to the next person in line. I don't think that's a sustainable way of, of keeping the, 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 the conveyor belt of new players coming in and giving, like, making them feel confident that when they get there, they're going to get a fair chance. So, Carl Verena, as an example for the next people to come in, your Pied Fumble Yawns, your, um, your, yeah, your Saddle Adviers, you know, if we give him a good shot, a good run, it could be good for like our future people. Then we won't have situations like Riley Rousseau and Carl Abbott. Well, there's no call packs now, but people still feel those, those feelings and we don't want them to feel those feelings. Me personally, yeah. How many games? Just in, how many games will you then say, no, um, I've seen enough of Carl. He stays or he goes. Or, how or many games? That's player? a good question. Or just any other um, I think I think the the summer series that we have, he'll have his last chance, in my opinion, after the World Cup, um, because that's that's going to be his chance to sort of establish himself. Now you've had your time. Now you have to show us results. Otherwise, we're going to end there. Um, yeah, one more series, in my opinion, uh, because he he's, he does have the quality. You know, I don't want the situation with Aiden Markham where like we take him out of the Proteas, we put him in domestic crickets. He shines, and then, like, he comes back, and then, okay, now he's good. And we could have just, you know, stayed with him the whole time. Actually, now thinking of that, that could actually be good. But, yeah, that's a lot to think about. Well, well Aiden had, had about, before that 95 in Sri Lanka, Aiden had 35, 31 games of, of ODI cricket. Um, and so, just a, a thing. And he was averaging 26 at the start of the series. Now he averages 28, so... Just something to think about. Yeah, coming um, from the Aiden Markham hater right here. No surprise. <laughs> I like him. Like I, I want him to do well. I really do. I just think he's been given a few more opportunities than some uh, some people would have, which is why I asked you the Carl thing, because I think Carl Summer like I'd a like to give a lot more opportunities. I right, look, he's 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 taking all, all all I'm saying, all I'll say this on Aiden, right? He needs to go and buy Reza Hendrix's daughter. A great one-year birthday present because if it wasn't for her, he wouldn't be going to the T20 World Cup, and he also wouldn't be playing in the IPL. So a very, very nice present for Reza's daughter because if it wasn't for her, he wouldn't be in the World Cup. So that's something because he was he wasn't even in the squad, and because of Temba and Reza's injury, Temba's injury and Reza being gone, they brought him in, and he usurped the other man. He usurped Reza himself, and this is it. So, yeah, please go buy Reza's daughter. A really, <laughs> really lovely present. Um, Tim, how do you, would you characterize that ODI series for you, um, looking at how South Africa played? It, um, it it wasn't it wasn't very good. If you look at the if you look at the numbers, for example, one batsman averaged over forty. Everybody struggled in that series. It it just looked disjointed. It looks disjointed. It looked like it lacked lacked a plan. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll move on to the T20s. T20s, I have my problems with it, but it, it, it had a plan. There is a plan in place that they have a an avenue where they want to go, go to. Uh, the ODIs just doesn't look right to me. Um, 
it's a good thing we've got two years before that World Cup. Uh, just the whole, it just looks, it looks like it's missing three players. When, when Quintet wasn't there, it wasn't just one. It felt like three. It felt like we needed three players to actually cement that side. That's the, yeah. the, the pulling power that he has, the X factor, and, and, and uh, everything that, that, that he gives to that side. Uh, so it wasn't just, it, it, it just felt as if we were light. It felt we were light in bowling. It felt we were light in batting. Um, and also, it, it, it just looked really, really undercooked. It looked like a side that was really, really undercooked. Um, as you said, Schlenker were um, not great, but I could see what they were trying to do with their um, players. That they were, I could see what they were trying to do. I could see what, what they were trying to achieve. Whereas South Africa, it just seemed, yeah, it just seemed disjointed as a whole. Yeah, um, to a certain extent, I think Sri Lanka read the conditions better than South Africa. Um, it was just disappointing because we had the better spinners. And 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 that was the comment that was going through our Twitter, especially after that game where Yanaman scored that lovely 100, um, where everyone was like, no, actually, we've got the better spinners. I think Robin Peterson, who's been a guest on our show, spoke about um, how we've got better spinners there. And we just, I don't, I, and as you said, we were undercooked. I don't think we... We capitalized it quite well, um, uh, enough um, going into it. I, as you say, we're three players. We're missing three players. One of them is David Miller at number five. Um, I'm assuming for Heinrich Klaassen. One of them is Quinton de Kock that was missing at the top of the order. That just makes the, a world of good. And then who was that third player? I think that third player was Dwayne Pretorius. Um, as much as I, my, as as my, I, my I, mind was, was thinking that. My mind was thinking that. Yeah. Well, either Dwayne okay. Pedrosa or, or David Visa right now, because David Visa can't do no wrong. Oh, uh, Vian Mulder. No, but he played. No, but I'll tell you about Vian Mulder. And and I think for me, here's the one thing about Vian that I want to get your guys' opinion on. Vian's not at the stage in his cricketing career right now at international level where I can I can I can rely on him as a batsman. No. I can't rely on him to score at a run of ball. Um Whereas in test cricket, I can because of the time factor. But in time cricket, it makes it a little bit harder for him. But I would have been okay. So here's the thing. I know Vian scored a double 100 again for SAA in India two years ago when Enoch was still coach, um, back before Mark and the guys came in. He has that ability. I know that. But just like in Aidan Markham, it's fun to have ability. But when I need you to do the job, I need you to come and do the job. And to a certain extent... Aiden at the start of his career couldn't do it. He's now starting to do it now. And that's what we want. But we can't keep on keeping guys on the side because they have ability. What we need from Vian is that we need him to, 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 to take wickets and score runs. Right now, we've turned Vian into an opening bowler. We've turned him into an opening bowler in the ODIs. I'm okay with that, keeping him on the side as a bowler. But from a batting perspective, I can't rely on Vian to score 30 because he hasn't even scored a 30 in test cricket. Um, well, I think he has. I think that partnership he had with Quinny, he kind of got to 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 thirty. However, I I need him to score. I would I would be comfortable keeping him in the Test side because I know because of the length of the game, there's a lot less pressure on a number seven or on on on, on a number seven like a Vian to give me thirty, forty, fifty. I need Vian to like kind of mold his career around how Mark Boucher batted for the Proteas. Mark 
was great at getting you those 30s where your senior partner got like 60 runs and he, he took your total forward. In, in, in limited overs cricket, I see Vian right now as a bowler. I don't see him as a batsman. And to a certain extent, I think I even said it last week, we're going in with one all round. I don't see Vian as a as, as a proper all-rounder. Um, with Vian, it's what I can get. Give me what you can. And as a coach, I'd say that to him, to not give him any pressure. But at this stage, where this protest team is, I don't think Vian's the best answer. And Andila is also not the best answer to counter that argument. We need to find somebody else who can do that, which is why George Linda fit the mold really, really well, because he can bat too. Yes, Sepo? Are you more convinced by George Linda's batting than Vian Mulder's batting? Yes, I am. Yes, and at I'll the give moment, you a yes. Of I'll give you yeah. a couple of reasons. Um, George Linda in the last four day in the last four day series averaged um, fifty for the for the for, for the for the Cobras. Him and him and and and, and Calvarena were Calvarena averaged sixty, but George Linda averaged very highly. Um, also in the one day cup, he also came through. He batted at number five for the Cobras. And uh, yes, that T Twenty challenge was really tough on the Cobras. But for me, I'd I'd, I'd rather give George Linda a lot more responsibility and tell him I need him to be the all rounder in the side. The biggest question that I had with the selectors was, what did they see from a batting perspective between Vian and George? Because remember in Pakistan, remember there was that one rant I had when we played Pakistan at Centurion and they batted George Linda at five. And, 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 and we were all complaining that South Africa went in with seven bowlers and George was the seventh bowler. And my question was, if George is good enough to bat at five three months ago, why aren't you backing his batting ability now? Which goes back to the guys getting opportunities and guys not getting opportunities. I it it, it seems like in the setup there's favorites, and guys get more opportunities in places that they want, and guys do not. I understand George has had eleven games, but there's nothing in those eleven games that got me to say I'm dropping George Linda. And even the guys he was dropped for, he's a better batsman than the guys he was dropped for. And so I would have been okay with George actually batting at seven. No? Yes, seven. After Dwayne Petro. So Dwayne's at six, George is at seven, and then you can have whoever else you want behind them to just give you that solidity in case you are, I don't know, 30 for three, 40 for three, 50 for three after, after seven overs. So that's where my, that's where, like I've always said, they're getting to the right decision, but the way in which they're doing it is, 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 is a little bit awkward. And that's the whole George Linda thing, because we were told by Victor that, no, George is not an all, it's not seen as an all-rounder. Vian can't be seen as an all-rounder now. He's he needs to, like you said, maybe go to domestic cricket and 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 score runs for the Lions against high-quality opposition, and then he'll be fine in 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 um at, at international. But right now, I don't know. I don't want to put pressure on Vian to score runs if we need, let's say, World Cup. I don't know against England in Sharjah. We've we've skittled England out for one sixty. And somehow South Africa find themselves in a hole in the last five overs, and we need 40 off the last five overs. So that's about eight runs and over. And Vian is there with Dwayne Pretorius. Vian needs to pull his weight. Can we expect that of him in that spot? I don't think so. And so then the question is, who can do that for you? He can surprise me and do it, and that'll be great because... That's fine because, but I wouldn't. Would I want to put that amount of pressure on him at at that stage in his career? 
I'm not so sure, which is why maybe next year's World Cup is where Vian could have come into his own a year playing cricket at the highest level. So that's where I'm thinking, but I don't know what you guys are thinking, Tipo, around that. Tim, you can go first. Otherwise, okay. I'm going to keep chatting. Oh, yeah, no, um, I, I, I agree. I think, particularly in the, in the fan base, I think somebody like Dwayne Pretorius is almost um, not thought of in that number six role. I think he's absolutely ideal, um, particularly in the 220s, but in both formats, both white ball formats. I think he has more than enough ability with the bat. He's very economical with the bowl, good with the changes of pace that he has. Um, he's good in the field. I think, I don't know what, what it is about him. I, I think maybe it might be what we had earlier chat today. It might be an element of ageism. He's the wrong side of 30 to some, and uh, maybe that he needs to be uh, pensioned off. But he's a very underrated cricketer, uh, I think, specifically within our fan base. Uh, he would definitely be my, my number six. He's fit and he's ready to go and he's in form. He's my, he would be my number six. He would be the man, the link between top order and, and our tail. I, I do him for that role. And so moving on, so, so speaking about that number six role, going to the T20 World Cup and going to the T20s, obviously this team is done. Um, and the question obviously of the show has always been, are we ready for the World T20? Tepo, looking at the performances, you've watched this team um, detailed as detailed as the, all, all, every one of us. Um, are, do you think this team is ready? Where do you place this team? Victor and, and, and Graham and everyone in CSA believes this team can win the World Cup. Where do you sit right now um, looking at this team? So I like what Tim said at the beginning of the, of the show. Um, he basically said that we're ready as we'll ever be. I think in terms of the plans that I think are, are, are quite obvious um, for the pro tiers, they, they're, they're very clear plans. We're not looking to bash a team like like England do with batter after batter after batter. It's clear that we want uh, a player to stay in um, and bat through. We want Quinton de Kock or Yaman Malan to bat through the inning so that we always have the fire, like some sort of firepower at the end of an innings. Um, instead of throwing people, throwing batsmen in late, um, because it doesn't seem like many of our batsmen can tee off. And I mean, even the people that can tee off um, even need time. David Miller, Heinrich Klaassen, it's a very tough job to do. So it seems like the selectors are just like, we're going to scrap that. Um, people just can't come in. Um, everyone's going to establish a base. So with that said, you're going to need a bowling attack that keeps the runs down and I am convinced that this bowling attack can do it. In the pace department, we can do it. Um, if KG is feeling off, Nokia can step up. I'm not sure about Ngidi. I've have, I have my reservations there. But in T20 cricket, it's about spin bowling. And boy, do we have spin bowlers. Tabray Shamsi, Keshav Maharaj, like out of the blue, um, not just offering spin, but offering great leadership. And even Aiden Markham as an extra option. Even Bjorn Fontaine as another legitimate option. So I think in terms of our game plan, you know, we're as ready as we'll ever be. I'm confident that we'll make it to the knockout stages. How far we get, I don't know. Because that's just the nature of T20 cricket. You don't know. 
Bangladesh could come out of nowhere, have a good game, and that's the one that we get knocked out of. So, yeah. Yeah, well, so the knockout stages are just the semifinals. So you need to be top two of your group. Um, Tim, this team had a had a very interesting Dolphins type of strategy. Um, if you watch the CSA 3 uh, T20, it was strangle them with spin, um, keep the runs low. And because the batsmen that the Dolphins had, even though they did have David Mill in the back end, 160 150 was the target for the Dolphins in 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 in, in, in Durban. Um, what do you make of that strategy? As Tipper outlined it, of having a bowler strangle and 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 your batsmen do it. I know you tweeted saying you want to see this team chase 160. Thoughts around that? I think that we need to be, need to chase that 160 total if we want to win this World Cup. I think we are going to find ourselves short um, for the, the way that we're playing. Uh, as much as our bowling is our strength, I think particularly in Charger, as you've said on previous occasions, uh, a team like England's going to make 190 against us and we're going to come up come up well short. If you look at the, the strike rates, we, we won this series comfortably. But if you look at our strike rates in the series, we've got... Quinton to Cook, like 118. Hey, I think Quinton was at 118 before he scored. Before he he hold, he finished yesterday. Yeah, 121. Rusa 123. Markham 132. And then you had Miller with his one innings, 173, and Petorius with his tender for six, 166. But that that there, that top four is hugely problematic. If you're striking out 125 to 130 in 2021 in T20 cricket, you were going to find yourself well short against England, uh, Pakistan, the West Indies. Um, as much as we beat them, we, I, we beat them tactically. Um, I think I think we're going to find ourselves uh, short in, in the World Cup when it comes to the World Cup. Predominantly because we don't have enough of uh, Quinton de Kock type players in that top six. Um, they were, I, I will say a huge caveat. I will say a huge caveat in the series was we didn't have enough to chase. So if you had people like Quinton de Kock, Riza, taking it easy for mm. quite a considerable amount of the time. So they, it was a, it was a conscious decision to yes. rather win it in. 18 overs rather than 12 overs. So that was a conscious decision. But if you look at people like Reese's career, if you look at his entire career of 30 plus games, it's pretty consistent of 125 right about there. Um, good cricketer. <laughs> yeah. Good, 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 good cricketer, but it's not going to play in that way. It's not going to win us a World Cup. Um, okay. In my, my opinion. Um, this one uh, from Werner to you, Tim. Our strike rate should be taken in consideration with the fact that we're chasing low total. So there was a yeah. need to rush. And you yeah. you kind of saw that in that last game. But Tepo, I, as I, Tim was talking, yeah. Tepo, as Tim was talking, <laughs> you were shaking your head. So unmute yourself and let us have it. 
I don't understand how we're like we're not going to be able to beat the likes of England, West Indies, because well, we don't have the batting power. And then we're like, we beat them tactically, but we didn't beat them with. But that's our plan. Like we don't have the batsmen to do that. And honestly, I'm thinking of this like like the NBA or like the English Premier League. Imagine a whole team of Cristiano Ronaldo's, bruh. Your defense will be lacking, bro. You need to have balance. And that's what I think this team... Some some people argue, no, we don't have it. But I think we actually do. Um, with Riza Hendricks, what I've seen in the last games that we've seen from the West Indies to Sri Lanka, there hasn't been an innings where I was like, yo, Riza Hendricks, we need you to get runs. And then he get like two or six, you know? He always comes out with at least, like, I think the lowest was something like 14 or something. But he's averaging, and I even asked you, Tim, what does he average? And you said he averages around 13. Now, for me, I want role players around my superstars. I want Quinton de Kock to have another guy next to him that's not going to be another Quinton de Kock just twa, 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 being all liberal. Pa, then we have two Quinton de Kocks lost at 10, you know? One person must hit the straight hard. The other person must have a decent score to carry through like to to be in on the other side of the innings you know to change to be able to shift gears and i think that's what these batsmen can do i i reza hendrix can really smear a ball over the boundary but he doesn't want to do it all the time and i think in terms of like roles people playing roles i'm happy with that you know i'm more than happy with that and i'm confident in our strategies but i won't i don't think that we're going to be like knocked out of the park against england and i think that like our bowlers will be able to combat um the the firepower that england possess because if england have uh, uh, like lose a lot of wickets because of the way they play they're going to have to shift gears and if they can't adapt then i think they're going to be child i think we uh except for chasing i think there that's that's still leaves a lot to be desired um, I'm not saying that we can chase that. I haven't seen. I'm not convinced by that yet. But <clears throat> I'm happy with the game plan that we have. And I, and I want us to back it. I don't want us to get extra sloggers in here to get extra runs, to increase the boundary, blah, 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 blah. If we can defend 160 and we know we can do it, I back us to do it at the World Cup. I don't see why not. Okay. So Wahid says, Tip, what to your point, one striker and one consolidating, that's 90s cricket. But Tim, you have a rebuttal to tip it. I have I to slight, slight rebuttal. I have to have a slight rebuttal. I'll keep it keep it brief because otherwise we'll, we'll go back and forth. Okay, so Tempered Performer is injured, he comes back into the side. We are then gonna have Tempered Performer, Russell Van der Dissen, and Teresa Hendricks. They are all anchors. All anchors in an eleven in T twenty cricket. Noodling the ball at 120, yeah, build up, build up, build up, and then we're going to expect Russell the last five overs to score 11 and over. That there is my problem. I, I don't mind we have one anchor, one anchor in the side to build, build around. That is fine. My problem is we're going to have three. That is my problem. Okay. Um. Just uh, look. I think let's let's get Werner's point in, and I'll give my 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 point. He says the cock Markham and Miller to some extent, Victorious will be our key players if we are to set or chase anything over one seventy in the World Cup. And and I agree with that because Markham this year somehow has a boundary percentage of twenty. 
the Cox boundary percentage is around 19.9. Was David uh, Dwayne Petoris' boundary percentages, I think, is high 18s, and David Miller's in and around there as well. My, I think, um, on this argument, I'm with, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly in Tim's corner and slightly in Tepo's corner. I'm in Tepo's corner because it's a, it's a situation of this team knows its limitations, it knows where its strengths are, and it's 160. And to a certain extent, this, this bowling attack. Um, as as Dan said a month ago, probably has one of the best boundary de- is one of the best boundary denying bowling attacks in the world. So we have one tick on the one side of the game. So I get from a balanced perspective, we 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 have we have that. But on the other end, I wouldn't mind a team because I don't want an anchor in the side. I, I think an anchor is somebody who should be able to rotate strike to the batsman who is batting um, more ferocious, more aggressively. So, for instance, um, if you're batting with Chris Gale and you're Temba Bavuma, the captain of the Jersey Stars, your job for the Lions at that point in time was to always get Chris Gale on strike, right? So you're going to use your balls to take the single to get on the other end so you can allow Chris Gale to score as many hundreds as he wants. However... That kind of role is kind of diminishing in world cricket um, because we're seeing the advent of guys who are scoring boundaries at a higher rate. There's now a requirement for you to score one boundary and over. If you score one boundary and over, that means that over of yours is either eight, nine, or ten. If you do the whole strike rotation, right, is either eight runs, nine runs, or ten runs. And to a certain extent, if you look at South Africa's games in this tour, I think we've I think we've averaged around 13 boundaries the first two games. Uh, that last game, obviously, I take out because it's an anomaly. But the first two games, you average around 13 boundaries. And that first game where we set 160, I think it was 14 boundaries. And my thing was, I'd like for this team to get it to 18, to get it to 20. So this is one of the reasons why I would have given Yanaman an opportunity over Riza. Because Yanaman has a higher boundary percentage than Riza. Riza's boundary percentage is around about 14. Yes, he's improved his strike rate over the years. And now he's striking at about 130. The first few years in T20 cricket wasn't great. But I would have loved to have a Yanaman in there. Because I know Yanaman can score boundaries. And he can partner with Quentin de Kock at the top. What you're going to see in world cricket is what you Remember that first West Indies game? Where West Indies went buck wild. With, um, what is it? Um, Andre Fletcher and I Lewis. think it was yes, that <laughs> formula is what I think the world cricket is moving towards having just hitter of the hitter of the hitter of the hitter, and you're allowed one guy who can uh, facilitate, who can score at about 127, who can also score boundaries, but also kind of get your hitters to the other end. So, for instance, in the West Indies side, that's a Nicholas Puran. He bats at three or four. He rotates the strike around all these power hitters in and around him. It is a little bit risky because you could have a 90 for nine or a hundred like what, but Sri Lanka did it the wrong way. Um, but you could, on the other end, you can go and score the 200. And I kind of feel like the selectors need to give this team every chance of trying to score the 200s. Because the one thing I can, I can, I can tell you is that the moment we go into the knockout stages, those pitches, even though they've, they will have been played on, they'll have saved a portion of this pitch where it will be have a little bit of juice, a little bit of bounce, and a little bit of pace. And on top of that, 
um, not something for the spinners as well, where you can score about 170, 180. And I think for us, as Timber said, we need to watch the IPL to see what type of scores these teams are scoring because it's going to give us an indication as to what the par scores are. I just didn't want to limit this team from a batting perspective, especially with the fact that we're probably going to go in with six out-and-out bowling options and Aiden as the seventh, so Dwayne's going to bat at six. And in that in that scenario, I would I would have loved um, somebody in there. And even if it means we play, remember we're struggling in Ireland. Do you play all four openers? You might as well. Um, and and you just tell guys to try and aim to score a boundary and over. And our anchor is Timber at the top, and his job is to facilitate for the first ten overs. And then once he gets uh, once he gets to over ten, he can have a blast. But everyone else kind of follows. But I, I I get your I, I get both of your points and I and I think they are very they are they are very valid. I just kind of feel like South Africa is stuck with the personnel that they have and they may just be a little bit behind. Will they get out the group stages? I hope they do. Um, I do think they can beat both West Indies and Australia um, by the virtue of their bowling being there very good. But you mustn't forget Australia also have a very good bowling attack. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down. It might come down to that. But the thing <coughs> of reliant on your... Because here's the thing. we, we Our bowlers were so, have been so great up until this point in time. I kind of feel like I'm waiting for the, the shoe to drop. For that, for that game where all of a sudden it just doesn't work. And, and I just hope that game is either not England and Sharjah or against Australia or Sri Lanka or, 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 or the West Indies. Because being so reliant on one side of the game is so un-South African. We've gone to World Cups with strong batting and strong bowling attacks. And this time, you kind of feel like, oh, guys, this batting's not great, but they can get us to 160. On a good day, we'll get to 170, 180 if, if, the, if the bowling attack's not that great. And we saw with the Sri Lankan team, the bowling attack wasn't great. We got to 160. Yes, fine, yes, the path was 114. I'll give them that 20 plus. So I do hope we get moments like that. But I'm also just very wary of, of maybe we didn't necessarily look at where the rest of the world is and what the rest of the world is thinking. And um, I'm just slightly worried because I looked at that West Indies series tip and I was like, are these guys experimenting? So we're not getting a full West Indian team or like their best West Indian team. And that's also what keeps me up at night as to like, Am I gonna we're gonna arrive in that West Indies game and be like we beat them 3-2 and all of a sudden these guys are cooking, you know? And and so that's where that's what keeps me up at night. But I I, I do get you and I'm 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 all I'm on the bandwagon of 160. 160 is our benchmark. It gives us an indication as to whether this team is doing well or not. And I'm happy with that, and I'm happy with going with that because if Keshav's on the field with Timber, we stand a much better chance of winning games going forward. Okay. Um, Seps, do you have any final words? Oh, yeah. I was actually typing that I need to go. My battery's going to die. Um, yo, the, the, the captaincy, what, what happens when Temba comes back is is a big question. You guys mentioned it. Obviously, for me, I think Reza Hendricks is probably going to go. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm confident. I'm confident in the boys. I back them to make me proud. Not to necessarily win the World Cup. But like to make me proud as a supporter. Can I ask you one question? What is that? 
What do you want um, decent performances? Okay, I want us to get to the knockout stages, and if we lose, it mustn't be a, like a your the game was already lost in the fifth over. You know, I don't want us to roll over and get defeated. I want us to try our plans and then our plans to fail like gestures. Like the way we lost in Pakistan by like one run, you know, by four shorts like that. I want a spectacle until the end. I want my boys to fight all the way until the end because I you can see it in the, their eyes. These guys are keen and I just want them to be proud of themselves and and me to be part of them as well and and you'll know when it happens i'll know when it happens yeah i know you before you go i know you're an eden markham fan talk about him getting a contract in the ipl for the second half beautiful beautiful um the reason i'm an aiden markham fan is because he's basically my age group and i feel like now is is a very much a coming of age for him he was still figuring himself out um early in the series i feel like he was put under the pump, especially in the series against India when he had to captain. Um, looking into that, looking back, it looked it looked ugly. It looked sketchy, you know. And I felt that he was done dirty. So for the like, I'm glad that he's getting runs. I'm glad that his quality is showing because this is the quality that we've been waiting for. So yeah, it's just onward and upward for the man. I, I'm really proud of it. Okay, thank you very much, Sipper, for joining us um we'll, we'll we've got to chat even more because we've got lots of interviews coming up in a couple of weeks um just a thought from verna um tim we might think that the pitches will turn a lot but the ipl in the uae last year was very actually uh was was actually the pace bowlers who let the wicket shots robata and nokia were very effective um that is very true and 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 that's my worry about all of this because um it kind of messes up with this whole three spinner plan that we've somehow landed on. The ICC are not going to have um, spin friendly wickets for the World Cup. They want to see lots of runs, big scores. They want to see the big hitters. They want to see uh, the big guys, the, the Glenn Maxwells, to do well. The more, more fours and sixes, the better it is for the viewers. Um, so, Spinners will play a part, but Werner has a very good point. I think you're going to have you have people like Mitchell Stark who are going to be potentially very, very effective um, for this World Cup. So I, I that, think there will be a balance between the two. Does that mean a much bigger role for Vian Mulder and a much lesser role for that third spinner that would have been Bjorn Fortuyn that we've seen in this in in this in the series? I think so. I I don't see South Africa playing three, um, for example, against Australia and England, for example. I don't see that. They might do that against um, one of the West Indies, perhaps, yes. They might do it then. But overall, I'd be surprised if South Africa would get the three. I think they're going to go in with the two and uh, then rely on Abada, Nokia, uh, Morda and Pretorius, I think. That's what it be. Uh, Mark Markham will be the third, if you like. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, that's actually quite a question because then did the selectors go with a masterstroke here by not actually selecting a George Linda, um, and 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 actually going with Vian Mulder, who um, is probably going to bat at seven, um, and 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 can bowl really well, um, in in in, in those conditions. Uh, it's possible. Um, 
I perhaps wouldn't go quite that far because I just think the communication has just been, whichever side you're on, the communication has been poor. Hmm. At best, it's been poor. I think we can okay. we can all agree on, on that. Um, but it might work. It is. It might work. We we could win this World Cup. Um, it is. It is possible. Mm. And obviously, I asked Tippa about Aiden Markram. We had a bit of a discussion on Twitter on Saturday about um, Markram's selection to the Kings Eleven Punjab. I can. I'm, I was happy for him, and I am happy that Aiden and a South African is in the IPL. I just had questioned the guys in the back in the back office of the Kings Eleven Punjab because. I kind of felt that in the universe of T20 cricket, um, there are much better batsmen who bat in that opener slash top three role. Um, what are your thoughts around that? So uh, I've just given this a lot of thought when he, when he got when he signed. If it's the start of the season, it's not a good signing. If it's the start of the IPL, it's not a good mm. signing for me. I'm happy for him. I hope he does well. He's striking the ball well, but they are, as you say, considerably more uh, adaptable players in this format. People like Josh Inglis, um, people like Tommy Iqbal. Um, but if you are looking for, if somebody is pulled out, or somebody has pulled out from their side, and you're looking for a quick fix, and someone it's who's a in good a player, bubble and doesn't need a, to sit the two weeks. Exactly. It's a it's a good replacement. For the context of the situation, Aiden is a good good replacement. And this could be a huge, huge few weeks for him because you could find him being picked up by somebody else next season. Um, so I hope he does well. I hope he does well. Yes. Um, Werner also speaking to our Vian Mulder situation. Uh, he says he needs to contribute a lot more with the bat. Um, and obviously, as I've spoken, I think it's not the right time in his in his career to contribute. We're seeing a similar progression to what Jacques had, to even what Aiden had. They're struggling at the top of their careers. They're very young, thrust into this situation. And I'd want them to focus on what, what's good for them. And right now, what, what makes Vian's game of cricket work is his bowling. And I'm okay with him coming in as your seeming option, uh, lower down the order, but to require Vian to get you winning runs at a World Cup could help because he probably has no pressure, but it's going to speak to how Mark Boucher and the, and the management um, get around him and what they tell him. Because if I was in that situation, I'd be like, yes, Vian, you're coming to the World Cup with us. You're probably going to play all the games because you're our second all-rounder and you bowl really, really well. I want you to focus on your bowling, but I also need you to work on your batting. I You mustn't think that we're going to need you to bat, but you might be in situations where you might be required to take it. At in that situation, I want you to play your natural game. I want you to be free. I don't want you to worry about the result. Because to me, at that point in time, and as a coach, I'd back him. I, at that point in time, yes, I may need a little bit more responsibility from him, but at this stage in his career, I can't be asking him to bail South Africa out of some tough situations. That moment's coming. It's not now. I don't think it's now. I think maybe it's next year's T20 World Cup when then you'll say, okay, now, boy, let's add some batting. I'd like for him, I actually would have wanted Vian to play this uh, T20 challenge in South Africa um, because it kind of would have given him a much better yardstick and a much better opportunity without the Protea Stars to actually solidify his game 
in SA cricket and to assert his dominant as one of the dominant cricketers in South Africa. Um, but that's that that's not happening. He's actually in the side, so he he should go there. But um, Tim, any final words before we go off? Oh, maybe a word on Mark Boucher's coaching. It was it was a Je- Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It seems ODIs. It, it was Boucher out. T20s now. It's genius. What do you have to say for that? Everything is on this World Cup, isn't it? Everything's on this World Cup. If it goes out the first round, it's useless. I reckon. I reckon if he goes to a semi-final, if he makes a semi-final, it's a job well done. Well, obviously, it, obviously, it's it's subjective on performances and how we do. Um, but if we do as we're doing uh, against the West Indies and Sri Lanka, um, it would be a job well done. Um, if it's a final, a final appearance, then. Uh, Maybe I'm being a little uh, pessimistic, but I do genuinely think if we make the final, it's golden star. I, I really do, I think, at the moment. Um, and and some yeah. news coming out of the Titans is that Richard yes. Dasnevs, who is yes. a member of the Titans backroom staff for the season, he coached the Easterns last year. I think he won CSA yeah. um, coach. He was a nominee for CSA coach of the year, but he, I think he won provincial coach of the year last year. He has been yeah. appointed to be Namibia's assistant coach. So Namibia just keep on taking South Africans. They've taken David Visa. They've taken Albi Morkel. Now they've taken Richard Dasnevs. I honestly do think, because I- obviously Namibia, I do see Namibia playing South Africa in the in, in, in the group. I I think Namibia is probably the stronger team out of the four with Sri Lanka, Ireland, and the Netherlands. So it could be quite an interesting game, uh, South Africa and Namibia. And to certain extent, if it's 160, I'd back any team that has David Visa in it. And 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 I think it's JJ Smith, not JJ Smuts, yes. um to, 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 to take them home. Smith. They've beaten every South African team that's gone to Namibia has been taken to the sword by this Namibian side. They beat the Titans. They beat the Knights. They beat SA Emerging. Something's brewing in, in, in Southwest Africa. We'll find out in Oman. I I assume that this Nave's appointment is just for the World Cup. Yes, it is. It, did it, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, That's it. Well, he's a good man. He's a good coach. Um, they've, 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 they've done well. Uh, hmm. The Titans were there recently, so they obviously had a a couple of chats um, over that series. It's good, good appointment. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm all for it. Um, so that's a really good thing to come through. But yes, Tim, thank you very much. We'll be back next week. We're going to go back into our interview phase. Where we're going to have a lot of in conversations with, and you'll find out next week. But outside <laughs> of that, um, thank you very much for joining, Tim. Um, and remember to like, subscribe to the channel. We've got rugby over the weekend. Hopefully, the Springboks can win and get their rugby championship is it so called it is a rugby championship um back on track outside of that thank you very much tim thank you very much uh to you for joining um and yeah please share like let everybody know full quota podcast this is it and for myself and paul and tim hi everyone i'm denisha devnarayan